Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of After Dark with Jay and the Real. I am Jay, your host, and it is always such a pleasure bringing to you some interesting topics each week um, and sacred conversations. They're always my favorite. And tonight I have another very special guest with us, and we're going to be discussing the pursuit of happiness and what it means to be happy, what it means to live happy, and um, I think most importantly, the practice of happy. So tonight I have Tim Dalter, the author of Practicing Happy, which is a practical guide to finding joy and meaning in your life. And he is here with me this evening to discuss life and the pursuit of happiness. Um, Tim is truly, uh, oh my goodness, he's just, he's truly an example of a man on a spiritual quest who is a very dear friend of mine and also a mentor of ours. He is a sacred relationship coach who holds retreats with his amazing and wonderful wife, Annie. And um, he's also a coach for men where he does that type of work specifically geared around the sacred man. Um, Tim also holds a bachelor's degree and PhD in chemical engineering, which is so incredibly fascinating to me. Um, and I think it's such an interesting and amazing educational background that he has in terms of being introduced to the spiritual world and all the concepts that lend to designing and creating a life that you love. So I'm really blessed that he's here with us tonight and is going to be speaking with us this evening about his very personal journey and how practicing happiness has played such a large role in his life. So much so that he wrote a book about it um, over uh, probably about 10 years ago, back in uh, 2012. So without further ado, I would love to welcome you, Tim, to the mic. Hi, Jay, thanks. It's a, it's a real pleasure to be with you. Well, thank you for lending your time and your energy. Um, I think the pursuit of happiness and practicing happy which is something that a lot of people don't realize is so necessary is uh is such a wonderful topic and i'm excited to get into it with you um i wanted to share with you that the major uh teachings and messages of my life um are about how all of us i believe are what i call manifestation architects and I believe that we have the ability to design a life that we love, you know, create a life that we love. And I use the word manifestation very specifically, and I want to make sure that I clarify, uh, actually clarify what that definition is to me um, compared to what some people may think the definition is because it's something you and I have in common and, and I enjoyed reading what you wrote in terms of what we believe. And so for me, manifestation is not just filled with um, mantras and affirmations and vision boards, which is, which is, they're all so important. Um, but what I'm saying, it's not just filled with those things where we sit back and we expect the universe to deliver exactly what we desire, right? Based on our expectations. And so along with manifestation in that type of powerful, magical and spiritual practice, 
I believe comes surrender to the divine plan or what I like to call uh, the, the blueprint, right? The matrix that we've created for ourselves um, that has been generated by us or for us in a larger scheme of things. So manifestation will only take us so far as to our will and choice. And then the rest, I feel we need to surrender and allow the universe to conspire and bring forth the things that are supposed to ultimately be lessons for us in our evolution. And sometimes the things that we desire unfold in ways that we least expect them to, uh, showing us many lessons that we need to learn in order to achieve the things, you know, those things that, that we'd like to, to be or have or whatever those things are in life. So I know you share a similar philosophy about choice and will and manifestation. So I would love for you to share that with me. Yes, uh, we're definitely on the same page on that. I actually think of myself and I think of all of us as creators. It's like, that's the word that that, that I've um, come to right now. It's like, it's like, like as human beings, we're all extensions of the divine, right? Ex extensions of God, like living these physical lives. And so we are extensions of the ultimate creator. And as such, we have this incredible power of creation. And we actually create all the time, all day, all night, every day. Um, and I think a, a challenge for us or an opportunity for us is to become conscious about how we're creating and what we're creating. Um, so the circumstances in our life, it's like I believe are created by the thoughts and our actions and, and uh, our intentions that we've had leading up to this point in time, um, whether we were conscious of them or not. And so going forward, um, if there's a, a certain state of being or certain you know, physical um, parts of your life that you want to be different or you want to be a certain way, then you can put focus into that. Right? Mm. And, and I also believe that there's there's multiple levels, I think, as you were you were inferring, right? It's like it's like as a spirit or as a soul before I was born into this physical life, I believe that I set intentions, right? You can call it your higher self maybe, but um set intentions for the things I wanted to learn, the things I wanted to do, the types of experiences that I would need to have in order to grow in those ways. And so those the energies of those intentions also were playing out in, in my life, right? So so I think that's, you know, like if, if I if I'm setting a, a an intention or a focus on manifesting something in my life right now, I think it's like my thoughts and my intentions that I'm holding right now are kind of in interplay with the intentions that that I or my higher self set when I came here as far as, you know, how things work out, how quickly they work out and what ways that they, that they roll out as, as we live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's so true. And it's so interesting how we, I mean, I believe, um, you know, whether, listen, there are a lot of different belief systems and, and I don't believe this is about religion at all, but I do, for me, I do hold, um, true to believing that we set out to kind of create certain lessons and circumstances in our lives to teach us the things that we came here to learn. So um, I always say a great place to start is at the beginning. And I'm inviting you to share as much or as little as you'd like about uh, this journey of yours. Um, I think it's, it's a great place to start this sacred conversation. And I also know, and for our listeners too, that it's been about 10 years 
um, since you wrote what you wrote and that there's been so much more that has happened. Um, and so I had mentioned before that you do work within the sacred relationship and sacred um being in sacred essence of of what it is to be a man so i know the part of being a man in this culture and society plays a role in your experience as well and i'm sure those thoughts and experiences will help other people listening um and so if you would like to start you know you can choose where you'd like to start on this journey and then we can kind of get into it and take it from there so what inspired you to write this Sure. Yeah. I'm, you know, I guess I can go back to you. You mentioned that I, uh, I've done a lot of schooling, right? So I spent a lot of time in college. Um, um, and I'm a, a very intellectually oriented person, or certainly have been, you know, in my life. And so, you know, as I came out of that and, you know, went into working as an engineer, you know, I was, I just was not very happy, right? I was, I wasn't feeling settled i wasn't feeling centered i wasn't feeling like i was in the right place doing the right things right and so i started this this seeking right and so being an intellectual person i just started reading a ton of books right so i you know it's funny i think of this uh this book by stephen covey the seven habits of highly effective people is the first kind of spiritual book that i that i ever read because it affected me in a way that it was the first time that i ever like took in the concept that I have some say or I have some control in my life and my experiences of it, right? Up to that point, I'd always just felt like everything on the outside of me will control how I feel, right? And so the only way to ever be happy or to feel good is to arrange everything outside my life, right? In, in just the perfect way that'll make me feel good. And up to that point, I'd never been able to do that. Right? Um, so I just started reading all these books, right? Deepak Chopra, I started reading Buddhism. And just it's like lots and lots and lots of things just pouring it into my brain right you know intellectually knowing these things right um and in, even though I, I knew all this stuff right i still it's things weren't really changing for me right it's like i was having a lot of aha moments and you know thinking about things in different ways but it's like this kind of heavy malaise that laid over the way i felt um was still there and so i, I came to this point where i was like the problem with self-help books is they tell you what you should do, right? But then there's never like that next step, right? Because it's no matter what I know, it's not gonna do me any good unless I'm actually changing how I am or changing what I do or like putting something into practice, right? Like actually doing something different, right? You know, it's like, if I don't know how to ride a bike, I can read like 10 books on how to ride a bike, but unless I actually get out and try it and put the things that I learned like from the book into practice, it's not going to make a difference. So that was the original thought behind this, this book, practicing happy and, and writing it in such a way if it's of, of, okay, not only like, like there's a lot of, of concepts, there's a lot of uh, advice and, and when it comes down to it, like all the different traditions, right? All the different spiritual stuff that I studied from all these different places really all pointed to a lot of the, the same core things. But how do I make that real in my life, right? And so that's where this book came from, right? And then as I started opening my up, opening myself up to it, I had these experience that I kind of had for the first time in my life where if I sat down and meditated, it's like inspiration would be coming through almost like like, like the book came to me like little bits and pieces that kind of almost came through, like feeling like, like, like thoughts were being placed in my head, 
right? And um, of course, you mentioned my wife, Annie, and she's like a very deeply spiritual person, very psychically open and connected. And so this is a kind of experience that she would have all the time and much more. But for me, this was the first time this happened. But, you know, or, or end maybe, it took probably a year or two. It's like I would get a little bit and I would write it down and put it back away in a folder. And a little bit later, some more stuff would come, right? But I wasn't really like focusing it or making it like the core of my life, right? I was still living my life as I normally did, right? We had little kids at the time, you know, jobs, moving, all these different types of things, right? And so then eventually at a point, it's like I, I had all this stuff together and kind of like the you know, the feelings that I was getting, the inspirations that I was getting are getting a little more urgent. It's like, hey, you really need to like put this stuff together and put it out into the world. So I remember one day I took like my, all my folder stuff and I went to a Starbucks and I sat in there for like five or six hours with my laptop and then just put everything together and put it down. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and then that came to the book, you know, as we know it today, right? You know, self-publishing was in its infancy. So I went in and got it out, get it on Amazon. And, and you know, we used it in some of our retreats, um, you know, and kind of put it out into the world. Um, but I think there's still, there's still some untapped potential, right? For me to, to come back to it and maybe even update it at some point going forward. Like, as you said, with some of the experiences and growth that I've had over the past 10 years because any book is gonna be a snapshot in time, right? I mean, some truths in, in the writing could be timeless, right? But it's like me as the human being, Tim, writing a book, that's a snapshot of where I was and what I was thinking and where I was at that point in time. And, you know, as I keep growing, then that will keep growing. But, um, but I mean, I still get, you know, people come across the book that like, we get positive feedback. And so I still think that some of the stuff that's in there um, can, uh, when it meets the right people can, uh, can have a positive effect. Mm, thank you for sharing that for sure. I was, I, I read, I read through it. I couldn't stop reading it. I read through every single sentence and there were so many interesting things. And the first thing I want to say is just thank you for, for being so open and vulnerable about your experiences and, you know, just your thought processes, even it's just, you're talking about the, some of the self-help books and how they give you these ideas and concepts of what you need to do, but this was real life. You know, every instant was real life and it was palpable. And I think anyone would be able to connect to all the little things, whether there were the big things or the little things that you experienced, because then you talk about them and you reframe them and you help people to kind of see things in a way that they might not have before. And so I really love reframing thought processes and something that you had said in your book. Um, and I've heard this before too. I believe it was uh, happiness isn't getting what you want. It's wanting what you get. And that we all have the ability to create our own inner experience and that means we also have control of our reactions and how we respond to people and circumstances in life and i think that right there is so important to um the actual practice to know that in terms of the actual practice of being happy because we we truly do have very little control over things in life as much we want to believe that we do <laughs> um, um, but 
you know, we spend our lives um, trying to sometimes control like external circumstances. And um, even, even our, like I like to say with our thoughts, right? We can, I feel like we can control our thoughts, not so much our emotions, right? Because we, something happens, something makes us feel something. So we naturally feel it. But then once we have the thought process about it, we, we have the thought process, but then it's like, how do we, how do we in turn then react? What is our action? Um, so we're not able to really create every, as you put it, every outer event to fit our current desire. And I think it's important for people to understand that aspect. So if you'd love to speak to that a little bit more, that would be great. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's all in how you, I, mean, I think it's like the discomfort or unhappiness or negative feelings. It comes from being in resistance to what is happening, right? And whether I'm resisting something that's happening all depends on like how I look at it or how I think about it, right? I think one example I often use is it's like if a bunch of guys pull up to my house in a big truck and they pull out some hoses and they they soak my house in water, right? If my house is on fire, then that's great. I'm welcoming it, right? But if it's not, then, you know, then I'm resisting that, <laughs> right? It's like, you know, please don't do that. And they make me upset, right? So everything that happens in life, it's, it's about how you think about it. It's very easy to have something that comes along that's maybe makes you feel uncomfortable, right? You know, triggers something inside of you, right? Or isn't, isn't according to the plan that you thought for what your best life would be. And so it's very easy to get in resistance to that. Like this shouldn't be happening. Why is this happening to me? This is the worst thing in the world. This is making me feel bad, right? And it's that, it's, it's that event's fault or that person's fault or whatever it is. And then when you create these, these negative or it's like what I call in the book, these low frequency or low vibration thoughts, right? And that makes you feel not good, right? You know, um, but with the very same set of circumstances, right? There are different ways that you can look at them and think about them. Um, that don't put you in like contrast with them, but put you in alignment with them, right? And I think that like a key concept of this for me, and you've, you've referred to it a few times, is doing everything that happens is, you can call it a lesson, though that has some negative connotations probably too, for a lot of people who didn't like school that much, right? But, <laughs> or it can be like, like catalysts or opportunities, right? For growth um, and for expansion, right? And, 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 almost by definition, they're going to be uncomfortable, right? Because if you're in a place where you're completely comfortable, then there's really no nothing to cause growth to happen or, or change to happen, right? I feel good, I feel fine how I am at this moment, right? So it's like, I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing, right? If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? But if like before I came into this, um, into this incarnation or into this life, I had some intentions. It's like, you know, I want to grow in my ability to love. I want to grow in my ability to forgive. You know, I want to know myself, right? As an extension of the divine, I want to know myself as patience. I want to know myself as kindness, right? Then the only way that you can, you can like expand that, that aspect of you is to have opportunities to practice it, right? And if it's to get an opportunity to practice patience, you're going to have to be in a situation where um, what you want isn't happening right in that moment, right? Um, if you're gonna, if you wanna uh, expand the ability to experience yourself as trust, you're gonna have to be in situations where you don't know what's gonna happen, right? So it's it's almost like a it was it's like a process of 
training myself to see like like the positive, maybe called the silver lining, or like the 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 highest potential in anything that happened to me, right? Whether it's a financial difficulty or a health difficulty, or you know something at the job, or something with my kids, or something with my, with my partner, whatever it is, right? Just you know practicing over and over again to look. It's like like what's the highest and best way that I can respond to this, or the, or the highest and best way that I can interact with this, right? What what, what is this trying to teach me? Right? Um, another way of of looking at these things that I've come across in, the, in fairly recently that's really, really worked well for me is like whenever something happens that triggers me, right? There could be something that maybe wouldn't bother someone else, but inside me just brings up this feeling, right? Maybe it's because of something that reminds me of something from my childhood or just something that I'm, I've always been sensitive about or whatever it may be, right? You know, something maybe goes to like, you know, the core of how I view myself as a person, whatever it is, right? Um, you know, and it's like what that's asking us to do is not to push that feeling away. And I think actually I was listening to one of your your podcasts from not that long ago and you talked about this like concept of spiritual bypassing, right? It's like something happens and you just kind of push it away and you don't want to look at it, right? When you do that, you're missing an opportunity for the growth that that's the reason that that thing happened, right? You're, you're, you gave yourself an opportunity for this, you know, to take a, another step forward in your evolution, in your expansion towards joy and peace and happiness and fulfillment, but you're you're pushing it away. You're like, I don't want that lesson, right? And so really anything that happens, it's like it's like the, really what you need to do or, or a way to really try and bring it into yourself to help you get the most out of it, right? Would be to feel every bit of that motion, every bit of that triggering, every bit of that pain or discomfort just feeling every bit of it and then just hold the intention of of it's like i just want to integrate this into it, right because it wouldn't be happening or you wouldn't be having that response if there wasn't something there that was unhealed inside you and a way to bring that healing about is to just hold it inside yourself don't push it away don't resist it but just allow it to integrate into yourself right and then and then that when you do that and that allows that healing to happen it allows you to take another step towards wholeness. Um, and then you won't need to repeat those types of things anymore. Or if that same thing happens again, then it won't trigger you in the same way. Mm, yeah, that's true. Because if some types of circumstances um, come into play, then you begin to notice how your response to it is different through the practice um, from those opportunities of expansion. Um, the surrendering part, I think, is what is so difficult for all of us. And, you know, myself included, we have those moments where the surrender is hard, leaning into that pain, that discomfort, right? But it is growth because growth is uncomfortable. It doesn't just stay in one place. You continue to evolve and expand. And it's so necessary to truly experience happiness and I really believe that surrender and leaning into it and sitting with it and holding it versus, you know, what you had mentioned, the spiritual bypassing and kind of wanting to avoid those feelings is truly how we can practice happiness um, because it is a practice. And so um, one of, and, and I may have even alluded to it, probably have in a couple of my other podcasts, and I, and I use this quote quite often because 
I just feel it's so important and I emphasize it over and over and over again, but here we go talking about how we respond and resistance. And so it makes me think again of Viktor Frankl and his famous quote that says between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. And in our response lies our growth and freedom. And it just, for me, it hits home every single time because in the world and the culture, society that we live in with how much is being thrown at us all of the time. I mean, just in, you know, I remember, you know, there would be, hey, you know, conversations about what is your 10-year business plan? What's your five-year business plan? You know, and, and this year and a half alone has proved that we cannot sometimes look beyond the moment, which for me, side note, and probably a whole other conversation is part of the silver lining, if you can find one, you know, but I think being in the present moment, that is always a major uh, opportunity for expansion. That, that's what this past year and a half has taught me is just be in the present moment. We can't think past the present moment. But um, before I completely digress, um, <laughs> like a kitty cat with a toy, because I get all excited. Um, the, the place for that space where we can truly take that sacred pause. And I don't think enough people take that sacred pause when life is happening whether it's our jobs, our family, the media, um, all of the things, we immediately uh, respond. We have an emotion, and I don't even think we sit within that emotion for more than a millisecond, to be honest. I think the majority of people are reactive, and I think that there is the key that he talks about. Within that space is our power to choose our response. And... I do believe I share the same sentiment that every everything that we face in life, including all of the difficulties, are an opportunity for expansion. And, you know, they may not be pleasant. And quite frankly, I do think that sometimes um, we may not understand the purpose for the expansion right away. I can think back to so many different opportunities of expansion in my life that maybe 10 years later, I finally had the aha moment of, wow, that's why I was being shown or having this experience for this moment, for this reason, for this lesson. So we may not always know right away what it is or why, but just kind of rest in the fact that it is happening for a reason and try to catch that, try to catch that in that pause. And that resistance, right? Unhappiness comes from resistance of not wanting what is, not wanting to experience the reality that is currently in the present moment. And in many conversations I've had with people along the way, the common theme and the one thing that was said over and over again was that on the other side of resistance is everything that we want. And I believe that. And you talking about expanding through the discomfort and sitting with the pain as I'm sitting here. It's, it's interesting, but I think of it almost as, as a yoga. If we go down to a physical level, right? Yoga, at least for me, for a long time, I really did not like yoga. And the funny thing is, is that my mother was a yoga therapist and I grew up with yoga 24 hours a day. But the feeling of sitting 
within what I felt was uncomfortable that caused pain. Meanwhile, at the time, I wasn't aware that I was holding certain pains, you know, and energies in my body. I didn't want to sit in those positions or postures. I just kind of wanted to be in a comfortable position. So when I relate that to energy and life and all of the things we experience, it's funny, but it's true is that if you keep practicing, just like yoga, you keep stretching, you your body starts to feel better. You start to stretch a little bit more and expand and stretch further a little bit more each time. And that's practicing and exercising those muscles. Um, so I just think it's phenomenal to be able to kind of relate that all back to the experiences of life and our resistance and surrendering to it all. Um, I would love for you to actually talk to us about the book Course in Miracles um, by Gary Renard and the impact that it had on your life and how it actually plays a role in the pursuit of happiness for you. Sure. Yeah, actually, um, I always think of the, the Course in Miracles as finding me rather than me finding it, right? Uh, a bunch of years back, uh, Andy and I had a baby food company in Los Angeles. And what we used to do is we used to, we rented some time in a commercial kitchen and we cook food all night long, right? And then the next night we go and deliver it all over LA. Um, so I'd be up like all night cooking one night and the next I'd be up, like, up all night driving around. So I had a lot of time, especially when we were driving around and I would be listening to books on tape. And my daughter Lotus, who's 16 now, but at the time, I guess she was less than two years, but she maybe about one year old, something like that. I was still carrying around in one of those baby Bjorns, you know, those things where you just kind of like strap them to, the, to your chest. <laughs> yeah. I went to a Barnes and Noble and I went to the audiobook section because they still had them on CDs back in those days, right? And I didn't know what I wanted to listen to next. And so I just said to Lotus, right, why don't you just pick one? And I just kind of like walked really close to the shelf and she was kicking her arms and legs. And then she kicked one off the shelf, right? And it was, it was a book called Disappearance of the Universe by, um, by Gary Renard. And I didn't know what it was. I thought maybe it was a science book or something like that, Disappearance of the Universe. So I said, okay, like if, if that's the one you knocked off, that's the one that I'll get. And what it was, it was, uh, it was uh, a book kind of about or an introduction to or an, an access into um, a, a, a Course in Miracles. And so a Course in Miracles is a book that was channeled, um, supposedly the, the voice of Jesus, right, back in the 70s. Um, uh, I can't remember who received the channel off the top of my head, right? But it's a very um, dense, intense, like, for me, it was a worldview changing thought system, right? But it was really like challenging to get through, right? So it's like, it took me probably seven or eight years to get through all the text. And then they have this, this uh, like, a, like a workbook, like you do one practice a day for a year. It probably took me two years to get through that, right? But this book, Disappearance of the Universe uh, from Gary Renard, it's like he was, he was kind of giving like, like through his experiences, right an introduction to all the, the different concepts with the course of miracles so so that was a great entrance to me to this right um and so that's what motivated me to then go to the actual course of miracles and really it's it was like it just for me it's like you know i'm certainly no scholar or expert on it right but what i took away from my experience with this book was was really like like letting go 
of life as it appears to us, like this physical world, right? Like, like everything we see is all that there is, right? And really taking a step back, right? And looking at like how I view things and how I look at things and, and you know, and, you know, giving me some of that space that you're talking about to, to see things that happen is like part of a curriculum, right? Part of a, um, part of a, of a series of opportunities that I have to grow and expand and to like almost refine or remember my divinity, right? The fact that I truly am, you know, an expression of God or an expression of the divine having this human experience. And, and so that, that really, really, really shifted me a lot. But I would say it's like, you really have to wanna like dig into it, right? To go, to go through that. And so, but I think like Disappearance of the Universe by this Gary Renard was a really good like entree into that. And also something that I came across not that long ago, but I think it's been, it's been around for a while, is a series of books called Conversations with Garb by um, I think Neil Donald Walsh was the author of that. And that had a, it, it, was, it was much more accessible, but really covered a lot of the same points of like, this is, this is how life really works. or this is how the universe really works. Or, you know, this is what's really happening as far as like how we create what happens in our life and, and you know, the opportunities we have to express our divinity in every moment and really, and it for me, it was like to really try and understand better. Like you hear a lot, it's like, we are all one, right? You know, we're all connected in some way, but that never, you know, I, I could accept it like on an intellectual level, but it's like, until I really dug into some of this stuff and really started practicing the things that were coming out for me, really getting to the point where I'm feeling that, right? I mean, just for whatever reason, the way I was born, I've always been a very naturally like empathetic person, right? It's always easy for me to connect with how someone else is feeling. But to really expand that out and to see that everything that's happening and every person here is just, you know, we're all different expressions of the same, like one creator or one creation, right? And to really like to experience that within myself, that connection, and that really changes how I look at things that happen. And it really changes how I look at the other people around me. And it really changes about like how I interact with them and how I feel about all my interactions with them. So, so yeah, I mean, of course in miracles, it's like, it, you know, it's, it's this amazing, incredible piece of like, metaphysical instruction. Right. Um, and Gary Renard really did a great job with, um, with disappearance of the universe and some of his other books of introducing you to that. And there are a lot of other things also out there that I think point to the same truths. So I think it's like anybody who's interested in like really expanding themselves or, or wanting more information or insight in these types of things, right? Do whatever your version is of strapping your daughter to your chest and going into the Barnes and Noble, right? Open yourself up and, um, you know, or just take a look at some of the things that we're talking about tonight and find your way in. There's all kinds of different ways in to these fundamental truths, right? Which is very different from how I was raised or how I was taught growing up or how it seems like most people in our society look at life. I love what you just said. It's, I just hear it repeating in my mind, find your way in. I feel like I, in, in the world we live in and I, I can hear people saying, gotta find my way out. You know, mm -hmm. gotta find my way out. But it's really, it's like, find your way in, whatever that is, whatever that means, whatever it is for you. Um, you know, like knocking that book off the shelf or, you know, my 
I turn the music on and there's a lyric or, you know, my son's reading poetry to me at night and, you know, we just open the book and he says, just tell me when to stop. And he stops and there's a message there. There's just, there's always a way in if you can just find it in, by being open, you know, and surrendering and kind of just ex- being able to accept where we are and take take a closer look from a different lens, I guess you can say. Um, I love how in your book, you've not only spoken so vulnerably about your experiences, but you also really invite your readers to take a look at their current situation in their life. And you also um, provide some exercises. And one of them that I think is important to touch on this evening is how you determine whether or not you are, um, you know, feeling low or, you know, are you feeling, feeling into your body? Right. And you have a list of questions that help guide the inquiry, which I love. And we don't have to go into the whole list, but um, I guess just through a conversation for a few moments, I would love for you to discuss some of those inquiries that people can have with themselves um, to know if you're if you are not in the flow or if you are in the flow. Um, And I can start. I know some of them, you know, asking yourself certain questions like do you feel a heaviness in your being right how how for me i really listen to my body that's my way in and it might be different for everyone but i listen to my body because i truly feel that my body tells me everything and so um i think that can be really helpful for some people and i know that you have some other questions like you know, do you assume the worst in situations? Uh, do you typically feel angry or overly self-conscious? So if you just want to touch on some of those points, just to help people identify if they're really not in the flow, that would be great. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, I know this was my experience, right? And I think like a lot of people that I know have the same thing is like, we get so busy and so caught up with day-to-day life, right? that we never take time to even pay attention to how we're feeling, right? I know it's like for most of my like young life and into my 20s, it's like this feeling of heaviness or mild depression or whatever you want to call it, right? Was I just thought that's the way it felt to be alive, or at least that's the way I thought it felt to be me and to be alive, right? You know, and, you know, I think it's, it's just incredibly important. And it's, and it's all it takes is the the consciousness of mind and the decision to like stop and I'm going to take 60 seconds right to check in with myself about how I'm feeling or so I'm not feeling good about something take three minutes and ask myself why it's like why am I not feeling good about this it's like what is the root of the emotion that's coming up for me right like another thing to say with time that I got you know I got laid off from my job right and it's like and it was I was very upset and very stressed right and at that point in time, I was kind of far enough along in my learning that I was like, okay, well, why? It's like, am I afraid that I won't be able to get another job? It's like, why would I think that, right? You know, I know, if, you know, if I look for a job and I, I do the work, I'm sure I'll be able to find one, right? Is it because I'm afraid of what other people will think about me? Is it, am I afraid? I mean, what am I afraid of? Or what is, what is making me not feel good, right? Um, and it's like, you often hear like in spiritual, like education or talk about it's like the, we live in this world of duality 
And I think of it also as almost like polarity, right? There's like a positive and a negative, right? You know, there's a up and a down. Um, and, you know, in, in the book I talk about, it's like if you find yourself feeling uncomfortable, right? Feeling in, you know, what I call these low frequency or low vibration states, right? There's always an opposite pole, right? And I can choose, right? Just begin thinking away from the, the pole that makes me not feel good towards the one that makes me feel better, right? Like for example, and, and, and really it's like they all kind of, like when, when, when I looked at them all, like they came under this, this heading of it's like, do I feel like I'm separate from the world or separate from other people in it? And that's what makes me not feel good, right? When I'm feeling this in place of separation versus do I feel like I'm in flow or connected to everything? That's when you feel wholeness, right? So it's like, if I'm feeling anxiety about something, right? I'm afraid that something's going to happen. I mean, maybe it's about COVID, maybe it's about politics, maybe it's about something more personal in my life, whatever it is, right? You know, I can look at the opposite pole. What's like the opposite of anxiety or the, or the opposite of fear, you know? And I'd say it's trust, right? Because it's like, if I'm anxious about something, it's because I'm not trusting that everything's going to be okay. So then I just make a conscious choice. Well, how can I get into trust? Or kind of like what I just said about like finding another job. It's like, you know, anytime in my life I've ever needed a job, I've always been able to find one or, or you know, anytime I've always been in a tight spot for something, it, you know, I always find a way to work it out, right? You know, I've never gotten to the point where something was so horrible that I, you know, that I died or the world ended or anything, any of the things that like the fear is trying to break down inside of me, right? So it's really, it's like, like having the consciousness of mind when I feel bad to say, it's like, well, what is it? What's causing this? And then consciously trying to move to the opposite pole, right? If I'm in conflict with somebody and it doesn't feel good, I'm in an argument or I'm in a fight or whatever it is, you know, we're being passive aggressive with each other, right? I can just move towards peace and make a choice. And say, I'm just going to act, begin acting in peace. I'm going to begin thinking in peace. Whatever this conflict is about, it's not as important as me feeling good inside just moving myself from the one pole to the other. Mm. You know, that place of peace or of trust, surrender, that you call them the, um, you know, the vibrational, you know, higher vibrational frequencies and states of being. Um, everything, everything is energy. Whatever we label it. You know, whether it's a feeling of happiness or whether it's a feeling of, of, of despair, all of the things, right? It's everything is energy. And for people that are not as in tune, let's just say with the, you know, spiritual definition of energy, and I'm sure there's a million, um, you know, but are more on the scientific wavelength of energy, right? Like energy makes sense, but like it's so important for people to have an energetic view of the world and of themselves. And as you pretty much say exactly, you know, you say the same thing. You say everything is energy and I believe everything is energy. And I would love to have a dialogue about what you call, you know, the practical implications and also the spiritual implications of this in our world and in our lives. And the reason why I find this um, so fundamentally important is because people hear the word energy and oftentimes they think like spiritual woo-woo stuff 
And I'm hoping that if they can just open their minds and expand their hearts, that they too will be inspired to really understand how energy is everywhere and how it affects everything and everyone. Like, you know, energy is everywhere. Energy connects to everything. Energy goes somewhere and energy can be absorbed or converted into something else. And so if we can really view the world through energetics or that whole, you know, theory, it it really, really helps you to kind of see and perceive what's going on in your life. And you talk about that concept that you can choose your thoughts um, and that you can choose, right? Make that choice um, in certain situations. And so you know, I would love for you to to talk about energy and, you know, how that relates to um, expectation and being reactive versus conscious living and, and all the things. Yeah, absolutely. As you mentioned earlier, it's like I come from a science background, right? So, you know, modern physics tells us that the entire universe that we live in is all made of energy things that seem solid like a table or a car or everything it's like anything that's mass or it seems like it's solid material is really 99.9999 whatever percent empty space right and what what lives in that space is just energy vibrating at different frequencies right so so even though like we experience things as solid in this material world really everything is made up of energy and that includes things such as like our thoughts, right? And our intentions, right? And our emotions, right? These all, these all are like they, they're energetic and they put energy out into the world and energy that we absorb, like energy that we experience, like, like those vibrations then affect us, right? Um, and so it's, you know, so it's, it's twofold, right? And, and one is being like very conscious about like when I talk about the frequency or the vibration of energy, like this concept of, of vibration or frequency, the way it's used in like spiritual stuff, right? Um, I think is a useful way to think about like, um, like almost like categorizing like the types of thoughts that I'm having, right? You know, saying like things that make me feel good, I'm going to call that high vibration, right? And things that make me don't feel good, I'm going to call that low vibration or low frequency, right? And so it's just like a simple like shortcut, right? Or nicknames for it's like, I want to be making sure that I'm focusing and living in a way that I'm, I'm putting out in as much high frequency vibration as possible, right? And the thing about energy and vibration is whatever you put out into the world, you're also giving to yourself at the same time, right? Or said, looked at the other way, it's like, I can't put out like love into the world unless I'm feeling love in that moment, right? I can't be angry and then truly express love to another, right? And I can't be feeling full of love in a moment and then like yell at someone or hit someone or like, you know, um, or, you know, hurt someone in some way, right? So it's, you know, it's like we talk about in our relationship retreats, right? The one point is, it's like you really cultivating higher vibration energy with inside yourself, right? And then making sure that that's the vibration that you're putting towards your significant other, towards your partner, towards your person, right? So that they're, you're, you're, you're infusing your relationship with these high vibrations. 
And this is where like the practices come from is it's like, you know, if whether it's yoga or whether it's meditation or whether it's mantra work or whatever it might be, right? Or even like Reiki or whatever it is that you're doing, right? You know, these are all ways to try and focus um, your energy into high vibration states, right? Ritual or religions have rituals, right? It's like, it's like these are meant to like bring about a certain frequency of vibration. And that's also why when you're in certain places, right? Like maybe a, a, a place like a Buddhist monastery where they're meditating all the time, or, you know, I know um, Manny and I went to Paris. Uh, we went to, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing, but like Sac de Cour, right? It's like the, the Sacred Heart um, Catholic Church, right? And it's like for the last 150 years, they've always had at least one person in there pray. Right, so it's like the energy of that spiritual connection just infuses that place, and you walk in and you can feel it. Right? Um, and by the same token, it's like if you surround yourself or participate in things that are lower frequency vibration, right? You know, like things that I think of, like for myself, like going to a horror movie. It's like it makes me feel horror. It makes me feel bad, right? You know, or you know whether it's something like pornography or violence you know things you know when you when you let that into yourself or you expose yourself to that stuff it affects your vibration and lowers your vibration so so i think this concept of energy or thinking about things in terms of energy it can really help you be very um intentional about like what you bring into your being, what you put into your body, what you put into your mind, what you allow to, what you surround yourself with in order to try and, and help you attain the vibration that makes you feel good. Right? Um, and and I, I really think that's what healing is, whether it's physical healing or emotional healing or psychological healing, right? It's, it's helping to bring these energies into balance, right? Places where energies are blocked from previous traumas or previous hurts or pains, right? to release those things to open up the natural flow of energy because you know it's like when babies are born they come out you know they're smiling they're happy when they're young right you know you hardly ever find babies that don't smile much much more than, than the adults do right um so it's just it's like returning ourselves to this natural state right and just being intentional about it and using using like your energy and using the energy of things around you um and just using this concept in order to focus in and, and, and stay on track in that way. Energy is so important. It really is. And, you know, sometimes you can't really articulate what it is that you're feeling and or experiencing. You just know that, like you had said, you know, if it's a movie that may not be good for you or a certain type of atmosphere um, and people you know surrounding yourself with uh high vibrational frequencies are so important and you can tell you know when you walk into a specific place in your environment whether or not you're in a high vibration um atmosphere or a low vibration atmosphere at least at least i can and i'm, I'm obviously sure that you can too but that's why I say, you know, for people that are, even if they're just starting out on the journey, like pay attention to your body, a little bit less your mind, because your mind might not be able to make sense of it, right? Your emotions might not yet be able to make sense of it, but your body never lies. Your body will tell you that something either feels really good 
or something doesn't feel right. And that's a great place to start to just kind of listen and to be present within yourself and try to keep those frequencies and vibrations as elevated as possible. I always say like elevate your everyday on purpose to just be in that state. Um, and I know sometimes it's really hard to, sometimes our emotions, you know, might get the best of us sometimes. And so it's hard to, to then have control over your thoughts and, and then your vibration just, it just, it just goes to a place that you don't want it to go to. Um, but through, through practice and more practice and more practice, it doesn't make perfect. It makes permanent, right? When we try to shift and change patterns of behavior, it takes time to, you know, rewire and to create a new pattern or new way of thinking and being. Um, I think this is a perfect time actually to go into something called the emotion code that you talk about by Dr. Bradley Nelson. It's something that I'm unfamiliar with. I haven't read it. Um, and so it's something that you talk about in your book. And I would love for you to actually speak to us about that method because I'm very um, curious about it. Sure. It's a, it's, it's just a, another energetic tool, right, to try and, and really, I guess, like almost like clear out or clean out right? Like any low vibration energy that you may carry with you from previous like um, hurts or previous uh, traumas, right? But it could be anything big or small, right? Like the way I think about it is really anything that's ever happened in my entire life, right? Where I was in resistance to what actually happened, right? That resistance of my will or like, I don't like this, I don't want this, I don't accept this versus what is happening creates um, like a energy blockage or on my, you know, or, or creates like a, like a ripple um, in my internal energy, right? And, and unless that is in that moment, like completely processed and, and looked at and accepted and integrated and let go, then it just continues to live there, right? And over time, these things can build up and they can, you know, when there's enough of them kind of in there, they can really significantly affect like the natural flow of your energy, right? Like um, like Eastern medicine, like acupuncture, thinks of like like energy flowing through your body, like in channels, kind of like your blood does through your veins and your arteries, right? And so you know, so this, so all these little hurts and pains and big traumas and and uh, and little things alike can build up in you, right? And so what this emotion code is is a way of trying to um, it's a it's a tool to like kind of like talking to your higher self or your inner self, right? To say, it's like, what do I have in here? It's like, do I have this and do I have that? Or what do I have? And communicating with your higher self through what's called like muscle testing, right? And this, um, this, this practice of muscle testing and some chiropractors use this to try and find physical ailments in your body as well, right? Is you ask your higher self a question, right? Um, and if the answer is yes, then the muscle that you're using will stay strong or if it's no then the muscle will be weak right like the way chiropractors do it is they'll say hold your arm out to your side like straight out like horizontal to the ground right and then they'll ask the question and then they'll press down on your arm and if your arm like goes down easily like it's weak then the answer is no if your arm stays strong then the answer is yes right? and, and that's hard to do to, to yourself and so um if you're doing this practicing yourself a lot of times people will make um Two, ring, two interlocking rings, if I can explain this, two interlocking rings with, or with your 
your thumb and forefinger, right? It's like you can make like a little okay sign, like little circles, and then you like inter interlock them. And so if you try to pull your hands apart, then they can't go apart because it's interlocked, right? And you ask yourself a you ask yourself a question, and if you try and pull your hands apart, and they and they stay interlocked, then that's the muscles being strong. That's a yes. And then if you pull them apart, and then they they kind of break, right? It's like that connection breaks, and then you can't pull them apart, and that answer is no. So this, uh, Dr. Nelson put together like a whole bunch of questions you can ask yourself about is like, do I have a, you know, like a blocked emotion somewhere and then use this muscle testing to identify what it is. And then I think in, in, in his practice, he used like a magnet to help release that. Right. Um, but ultimately to release any of this stuff, it's like the most powerful tool you have is your mind and your attention. Right. And there's other things that you can do to help kind of support that and try to amplify that. And so he uses a magnet, which tries, which amplifies your intention. Right. But ultimately it's like, if, if I hold a strong intention that I'm going to release this emotion, then, then that's what will happen. Right. That's, that's like your most powerful tool. Right. And so this is just one way of like trying to identify, well, what do I have inside me? And then, and then trying to like consciously get rid of it. Right. There's lots of other ways of shamanic practices that I've learned for doing release. You can do, you know, or, you know, in, in uh, paganism and witchcraft, right. There's like, you can use fires, you know, you can, uh, you can write things, you know, write things down you want to release and burn them in the fire. You can write it on a rock and throw it in the ocean, right? You know, or again, write it on something and like throw it in the woods or bury it, right? There's lots of different ways. And again, all these rituals, like all these practices, right, are ways of really trying to focus and support your intention because your mind and your intention is what is doing all the work, right? And the ritual is a, is giving you something to focus on to really hold your attention and to, and to and to focus it and point it in the, in the right direction. Mm. You know, it's interesting that, you know, I'm sitting here and you're talking about, you know, interlocking your fingers and I'm like, I've done this before. <laughs> I've done this before. I know what he's talking about. Or, you know, like you said, the chiropractor putting your arm down. I have um, a few friends that do that um, with black tourmaline in your hands you hold the black tourmaline and they ask questions or you know you had mentioned several other techniques like dowsing you know or um using a pendulum all all sorts of different things i think all of these techniques are wonderful and i'm glad you shared that with us too because i think in some sense there is more of like a if you will like a practicality sometimes to that right because if you're not used to some of the other ways or modalities it might feel a little bit more difficult to get into um to start doing that for yourselves but it's it seems to be a very simple practice so thank you um i think that you know people feel that there's a challenge you know in their lives and that that challenge i feel it you know started when we were children you know when we were born you said you know there are children we smile we smile probably more than adults and every child you know came into this world crying the first moment they took that fresh breath deep breath in of life you know we all came in crying and then all of life all of our contracts, all of our circumstances, all of the things that make us who we are happen and continue to happen. And our job, I feel like, in this life is to continue to 
do the things that we need to do to evolve and to reach you know to to live within our highest selves if we can may not be always all the time but to do those things to keep us elevated to to surrender and remain in our truest form and to remind ourselves to to be gentle along the way you know it's very easy to be um, critical and to experience the feelings you know that we're talking about like fear and everything else attached to fear you know like guilt and shame and and all of the things but really are just disguised as fear and fear is really just fear it's it's not anything else other than fear and fear itself and on the other side of that is our freedom and is and is happiness like you said but the only way that we can get there is to continue to practice and walk that path as best we can every day um, and really look at the situations that we're presented with as opportunities to stretch to grow and expand so i'm just really grateful to to know you, to have had this conversation with you, to have read your book. It's wonderful. And I hope everybody else does too. Um, I would love to ask you if you had any, any last thoughts or messages or things that you'd like to share with our li listeners before we kind of close out the evening. Yes, I, I think I just want to like really reinforce like what I just heard you saying is that um, I think it's widely taught and understood. It's like, yes, we should be kind and compassionate with other people, right? But I think it's just as important for us to be kind and compassionate with ourselves, right? Because we're all on a path. And I know where I started is it's like, I held an intention of I wanted to act differently or be differently or feel differently when something challenging happened to me. And maybe the next time it happened, I could hold a higher, a higher vibration for two seconds and then go back to my usual, right? You know, um, but, and it's easy to get down on yourself and to, you know, to blame yourself. But I really think that it's like, like it will superpower you to move forward if you can stay in just love and compassion for yourself and for where you are and then just keep striving forward, but always, always being kind to yourself. So, and so mm -hmm. thank you for that, Jenny. Hmm. Thank you too. And, um, you, I wanted to actually use your last words. I was just thinking of this and it's something that I wanted to say. Um, something that I read, you said to infuse your body with the energy of choice. Hmm. I, I love that. I love that. And I think the takeaway with the last things that you said is, you know, everything is intentional. We try to live life intentionally and consciously, and we're taught to be kind and generous and have empathy to other people, but to be gentle to ourselves. And all of that is a choice. And if we can just make that choice as much and as often as we can, we will all be better for it. And there's so much more that actually connects us than, than there is that separates us. And so I just, that, that lends back to the wholeness, right? The wholeness versus the separation. So there's a lot more that connects us and separates us. And we're all on this healing quest and journey together. 
So thank you again so much for coming on to After Dark. I really appreciate your time and your energy. So thank you, Tim. I'm, I really hold so much gratitude for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And same to you. Thank you. Well, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in again to another episode of After Dark with Jay in the Real. I am Jay, your host, and it's my pleasure to bring to you real lives, real stories, and real people on the air. So thank you again. Stay tuned and tune in again next week for another episode at 7 p.m. on Thursdays. Have a good evening, everyone.